Did you realize that in Mark chapter 5, when it says that the woman was saying to herself, if I may touch the hem of his garment, the Greek word is lego. She was building within herself lego. And she was saying, if I, thank you very much, if I do this, this will happen. So uh, this morning I want to tell you that um, I'm quite confident, really, um, in God, of course, you know, of God. Uh, I believe that God wants to heal many of us of disappointments. That we can sing, and it's great songs, Waymaker, Promise Keeper, but sometimes, maybe deep, deep down, there are things that, yeah, but. <laughs> Anyone want to join me? Yeah, but. And I want to tell you a story, first of all. So how about this? This is a great testimony. Great testimony. So about 18 months ago, in terms of the church that I'm part of, I said, I feel dangerous. I feel like I want to seek the kingdom first. And uh, I, uh, as a result of that, I uh, prayed and sought God and all that sort of stuff. And as I did, I thought, hmm, I think my, my son and daughter-in-law separated. Uh, I wanted to bless Emma in her going. And I thought, what I can do is I can sell my apartment and I can pay her out and secure my boy's future and I can secure Emma's future. And I'd like to do that. Whatever that means for me, I believe that's the kingdom. So I did that and I uh, put my house on the market and my flat on the market and, and I felt God say to me, I was laying in bed at the time and uh, I felt God say to me, where would you like to live? I said, I'd like to live in Osborne Road, in those houses, that, in those flats that have been done up, a one-bedroom flat, in those flats that have been done up. I'd like to live there. So I uh, went down that day, and I went and had a look, and uh, I was walking around these new apartments. It's an old house, but it's been done up. And I was walking around, and uh, I, this guy came up to me and said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm interested in one of these properties. I'm interested in buying one. He said, well, that's good, because I'm not renting any of these properties. I'm selling them. So I said, OK, that's fine, great. Uh, he said, my name's Rodney. I should have twigged there, but anyway, my name's Rodney. So I said, nice to meet you, Rodney. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and he said, would you like to see in them? Because they're all finished. So I went in and I looked at these apartments and I thought, I could live here. This is just, just right, right price. I had enough money to settle, for, settle Emma and everything else. I said, yep, I can do that. So, great. So I made, he said, oh, no. Oh, and he said, uh, and the, the story gets better. He said, and if you really are interested, you need to see the estate agent down in Ashvale. His name's Wally. I go, okay. <laughs> And this is true. I mean, it really is true. You know, my, he said, my name's Wally. So I met Wally and I got all the details of this flat and uh, I made an appointment with Katie and I said, uh, with him and Katie came and had a look with me and it was a nice flat. 
So that's only part of the story. Second part of the story goes like this. Um, I get the estate agent in to come and value my property, and he said, well, this is the value of your property, Derek, and um, I think I might have somebody who wants to buy it. That morning, um, the Lord said to me, and it was God, uh, what would it be like if you didn't really have to put your house on the market and a man knocked on the door and said, I want to buy it? I go, I'll go for that. Saves a bit of money. So the estate agent came in and he looked around and he said, this is the value of your house. And uh, so I go, okay. He said, no, I think I've got someone to buy it. So he got on the phone, just there, and he said, um, he'd be long at 4.30. So, okay, fine. And a guy walked in, he'd leave downstairs. <laughs> Knock on the door, I said, Chris, what are you doing here? He said, I come to have a look at your flat. I go, this is ridiculous. And I negotiated a very nominal fee with the estate agent, and the guy offered me a price, and that was it. And he said, and then something just within me said, you don't go and just take the first offer. You just question it a little bit. But I also had some friends from Seattle coming to stay with me, and he said, look, I'll leave it until after the weekend, and then... And I said, well, I've got people next week, so, you know, it's all, it's all sorted. It's good. I've got the flat there and this, that and the other. We're all up and running, and um, so I will, I will go ahead, but let's just leave it this week while I've got my friend staying with me. So the following week, uh, starting to put it all together, and I rang Wally, that's the estate agent, if you can remember. I rang Wally, and I said, hello, Wally. Uh, I'm ready to go ahead. He said, oh, Derek, the Rodney, that's the, that's the, has taken them off the market. And the Lord said to me, and I promise you this, Emma, that is my daughter-in-law, is renting the house, the flat that you went to look at. <laughs> What's that all about? What is that all about? God spoke to me, told me to sell it. Got a fire, you know, man's got to do it. What's that all about? And I've been plummeting, if you like, trying to find out how sometimes you can so clearly feel that you've heard from God. Well, you can't be much clearer, can you? And you hear from God, and then somehow it doesn't happen. And we sing songs bravely sometimes. Waymaker, promise keeper, you'll make a way, praise God. But deep down you go, what's that all about? Anyone with me? And I've had a bit of an interesting time at the moment because I sometimes sort of chill a little bit. And um, uh, I, I have been speaking, well, I've done a word. I, in fact, I might have even shared it here. It was about it was a little while ago. New English Bible, John 21, verse 1, says this. Uh, morning came. That's how it starts in John 21. Morning came and there stood Jesus. And about last week, I'm kind of thinking about these things and meditating on them. And I've got a new word, and I think it's for here. Well, I feel pretty sure it's here. I could be wrong, as I've already told you the story, but I think I could be right. Which is this story in John 21, which Katie would bear witness to, has had serious impact upon me. That, so it says in the beginning of John 21, verse 1, it says, after these things... 
Now we could, and I've done it, I've, I promise you, I've, I can preach it and tell you all about the negatives and the denial and everything else. But after these things means the past is over. And we can have things like that tell us like, his mercies are new every morning. New every morning? That means today is a new day. Hmm? You don't even need to carry yesterday or the past into today because his mercies are new every morning. Okay? So after these things, it's very, very clear, after these things, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples and he revealed himself to his disciples in this way. And I want to encourage you and say, sometimes when you want to just go, okay, I'll go for that, Derek. I'll let God reveal himself in this way. He might surprise you. (laughs) Because the first thing you need to notice is that when this man is standing on the seashore and gives some instruction, they don't know it's Jesus. (gasps) It says that. This man standing on the road, says, have you caught any fish? And they did not know it was Jesus. Now, a few months ago, years ago now, uh, the Lord began to say to me, I am going to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to talk to you, but you're not always going to know it's me. Now, that's a bit... And a, a particular event happened, and I was talking to this guy, and, uh, and I'm thinking, I think this is God. But I had to take action on something. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't God who spoke to me so clearly about selling the flat. But now it was more, I think that could be God, but I need to just step out and find out. And, of course, if you move into that dimension where all of a sudden... <clears throat> you've got disappointment and now you are going to have to step into an unknown. Well, that's a bit hard, isn't it? A bit difficult. We're a bit... I am, anyway. I don't know about you, but there's certain things and I think, oh, yeah, but I remember that happening. I remember that took place. And No, after these things, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples. And I want to encourage you this morning and say, maybe we're in a new season. Um, what was the first thing you did this morning? Everyone tell me. What was the first thing you did this morning? What? Uh, First one got it right. Sometimes they say I made a cup of tea. No, the first thing you did was wake up. And Paul says to the Ephesians, well, some of you are not sure. You haven't woken up yet. (laughs) Wake up, he said. Wake up and Christ will enlighten you. Christ will shine on you. So when we wake up and he's, you know, it's a new morning, it's new things, new things are happening, new dimensions are taking place, anything's possible. You say, yeah, but this happened and that. No, no, new mercies every morning, anything's possible. You with me? So I want to just uh, talk about this. Jesus revealed himself in this way. So here's the next bit. So Paul says, sorry, Peter says to his two, says, I'm I'm going fishing. 
Now, we were talking last night. I am is a very powerful word. I am is the sense of who you really are. So, and when you say I am, you always present an action as a result. So if you go, I am tired, well, you'll feel tired and you'll want to go to sleep. Or you go, I am jippy or I'm whatever, you know, I am. You are already setting a direction the moment that you go, I am. Now, I've preached this negatively, but I'm going to do it positively because that's how God spoke to me about it. I am going fishing. Why are you saying that, Peter? You've just denied Jesus. You've just, you know, everything's for, no, I'm going fishing. Why did Peter say I'm going fishing? Because, this is really obvious, take notes because it's profound. He was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. And I want to encourage you, first of all, that without all the pressures of church, Christianity, religion, Bible, actually I think the challenge which I shared last night is, who am I? Who am I? And all of us have got circumstances and situations and I have in my life and I'm going, who am I? And maybe we need to first take the courage to find out who we really are Without direction from Jesus, notice, without Jesus, he's going to reveal himself. Don't worry, it gets better. But on the way, I'm going fishing. And of course, when you do that, you, something begins to happen. So he says, I'm going fishing. Well, he goes fishing. So, you know, he's strong, he's confident. Because if you really are doing something that you are, you know, if mother's here, I'm a mother. You don't just go, oh, I'm a mother. You're a mother. Or if some of you go, I'm a man of God. Or a woman of God. You're you're saying it with confidence. You're saying it with boldness because that's who you are. I'm going fishing. So you can imagine, can't you, that Peter is going off and he's, uh, you know, He's confident of who he is. You know, I don't know. I love some of these stories of people, Ben Fogel, some of these people who find out, you know, they've, you know, bankers or stock market brokers or whatever they are or people. And all of a sudden they find a little niche which is entirely different to the way they've been living and they're satisfied and the money's less. But all of a sudden they found out who they are. I'm going fishing. So... He goes off and he's ready to go fishing. In fact, if the, the word, the root word, you know, and it's a good word, is he's salt. <laughs> Bible says you're the salt of the earth. So maybe actually there's times when we have to find out, and I'm I'm be honest, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to teach you to suck eggs. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm trying to find out who I really am. My life has changed radically, drastically, ministry-wise and all that. Who am I? And who am I meant to be? And what? Well, actually, I am moved on a little bit because of that. Who am I? And I can go to church and I can pray and occasionally I can preach. And you might agree with that or not agree with it. It doesn't matter. But uh, I, I, I can pray and I can read my Bible and I can do whatever I do. And I can do my puja and whatever and my mindfulness and everything. But who am I? Who am I? Does that make sense? So, uh, he says these words. He says, uh, some disciples are there. They, we'll, we'll go with you. 
Because what God is looking for, and you're good people and you're people that do that, in this day and age when things are as they are, he's looking for pioneers and he's looking for bridge builders and he's looking for people who will go, yeah, well, I was, but now I am. This is after these things and after all of that happened, this is where I am now. This is what's taking place in my life. This is where I am now. I'm not, I was, I am. I'm going fishing. So off he goes and uh, here they are, wonderful. Peter's in the boat. Don't know where he got the boat from because he sold the last one in Luke chapter 5. Don't know where he got the nets from because he was mending those, but that was ages ago. But of course the deep thing is that in Luke chapter 5, Jesus told him very, very clearly, and here's the first little bit. He says, he says, launch out into the deep. And they go, great, they catch all the fish. And after they caught the fish, he says, uh, he says uh, they caught the fish and said, it's God. And, and, Peter, and Jesus said these words, now hear me, maybe it was a couple of years before, maybe, can't say definitely, Jesus says to him, leave your nets, leave everything, from now on, you will catch men. You tell me where Peter or the disciples caught anybody between then and here. You won't find it. In fact, if you read the scriptures and read the New Testament, they wouldn't even be too, too sure it was Jesus. They weren't even too sure what was going to happen. And in fact, they'd all left. And they've got these prophetic words. How many of you got sort of wonderful prophetic words that were given years ago? Or, and you go, yeah, but. See, words that are given. Here's this disciple and going fishing. So uh, off they go fishing and uh, here's the nice bit. Because sometimes when you go fishing, you toil all night. You work hard. So they're working all night. I had a friend write to me this week. He said, I'm going through the dark night of the soul. I've got to encourage you, say, you know, photographs get developed in the dark room. So if in the end you feel it's a bit dark and there's not too much going on and you've been fishing for a long time, but here's the worst thing. You've done it because you sense this is what I'm made for. This is how I'm built. This is what God's put in my life. This is what I'm meant to be doing. And that night, they caught nothing. <laughs> nothing. The flat sail didn't go through. I had to work out another way of doing it, and now I'm trying to sell it again. Nothing. Nothing. Well, was I wrong? Did I hear God? Because that comes in. Did I? Yes, I heard God. But nothing. And sometimes we tr struggle, and well, I hope maybe you do, we're going through things and we pray and we fast and we read and we get more information and we listen. That's God's word to me. Right, I'm going fishing. I'm going to get this now. You know, Paul will preach a word, Adam will preach a word, something will happen here. Prophetic words come through. You go, yes, right, here I go. Oh, nothing. And at that moment of nothingness is the moment when disappointment can creep in. And the disappointment, the moment you carry it and don't get healed of it, it affects your future. Here's the good news. Just as day was breaking.
And I feel, in my own life, day is breaking. I've been dark. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not depressed. I'm not melancholic. I'm just saying it's dark. Things that I want, things that I desire. I said to somebody the other day, trying to work some things out, I wasn't made for this. I don't want to be doing this. But I'm doing it. Just as day was breaking. Now, uh, Paul and I have talked, and I got this thing on Jacob and Esau, which is a really good word. I'll have to come again. Because <laughs> Jacob, the whole story, I won't go into it, because if not, we'll be here for hours, But because I did it for a conference for a weekend. But the thing about Jacob is this. You'll find out that he's fighting all the time. Who am I? Fancy, you know, fancy being called a deceiver from the start, which he was. But at the end, when he struggles and fights, fights for who he really is, which he already was, but didn't know it, if you can follow that one. Can you follow that one? He already is, but was, but didn't know it. Because he was blessed right from the start. Even though he lied about it, deceived about it, got it all screwed up, in the end, he was blessed. And he fights, he has this massive fight that goes on. And then it says this, just as day was breaking. See, the day breaking is when you are clear or you have a sense something's shifted, something's moved. There's a new mercy in my life. There's a new strength in my life. There's a new purpose in my life. And as a result of that, I can get shot of all that after these things and I can move forward because... Day has broken. I, you know, Katie and I do talk. Yeah, we do. <laughs> By the way, you know, we have, we have this. We, I was telling this story last night. I won't go into it. I'm going to embarrass her too much. Well, I will a bit, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I go to a church. I've been going to a church for 35, 36 years, and they've had an influx of new people. And these people don't know anything about me, you see. And it just dawned on me the other day. They were going, well, who's she? She's wife. And I was saying, which I better not tell the whole story. They'll tell you the story afterwards. But we were at a party, a a birthday party. And this person says, is this your partner? And I'm very jumpy about that because she's not. And we don't share a bed, except people keep saying to me, have you got separate... But yes, I have got separate beds. Shut up. <laughs> I have a bloke who keeps asking me accountability. Have you got separate bedroom? Yes, I have. <laughs> because when I, I... Sorry, when Katie and I... You know, we've known each other for 40... Five. 45 years. It's a long time. And when Irene died, we talked and we sort of settled. And we get, got the fact that in terms of our lives and where we were... We were companions. But do you know what companions means? Someone with bread. Someone to feed you. Someone to share with. And that's what we do. We eat quite well. And we eat meals quite well. And Casey and I were talking about my future plans and she said to me at breakfast this morning, oh, yesterday I think it was, well, as long as you keep me in the manner to which I'm accustomed... <laughs> You did? 
as long as you make your financial arrangements in the future so we can carry on living like this and go into the restaurants, as long as you can keep your... Anyway, by the way. Just, listen, hear me. If you, if you feel like somebody, that, what that word is, the dark night of the soul, if you feel there's a darkness or there's something that in the end is like, yeah, but what, well, no, let's just say, what the hell? Just as day was breaking. If you've been struggling for a new job or you've been looking for finances and you're looking for a breakthrough, new mercies, just as day was breaking. And here's the interesting thing. It says these words. It says, a man. I just love it. A man. You know, go out on the lake. There you are, fishing away. Tired out, worked out all night. Muscles all knotted up. And this guy goes, but listen. Children. Oh, there's a new word. Does anyone identify with the fact that we get too complicated. Well, join me, right? I work it out, I read another book and another book and another book, and I get another secret and another word. Hey, how about being kids? Children. You see, we take those words when Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you will never receive the kingdom of God. Now, the one thing you notice about children is they really don't care about a lot of things. It's quite troubling, really, you know. Let me just take my little trolley across the floor. Let me play my Lego. What are you doing? You're worshipping, are you? Well, that's getting into my heart, but I'm going to play my Lego. I'm going to read what's my phone, read my book. But the one thing is, you say, is this, that if they're good kids, and we trust them, of course they are, they're brought up in a Christian home and all that sort of stuff. But the one thing about children is they're innocent and it's a new day for them. And if you say, hey, do this, they'll do it. You have to get heavy about it. Children, you see, the thing about children is they don't have a lot of experience. I've got a lot of experience. I'm getting old enough to have a lot, lot of experience. And our experience and our experiences can stifle us. Because when somebody says, because we don't even know it's the Lord yet, throw your net over. We go, hold on a minute. We tried that before. We did that before. I did that fast, I did that long cracking fast, nothing happened. And I did that before, and then I, and then I praised the Lord, then I did 24-7 worship, and then I did this, and I did that. Then I went there, and I did that, then I read that book. I still haven't caught anything. Children, have you caught anything? Why? 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 So do you want to know the answer? I found this out only this week. Shared it with my companion. What is that all about, about the flat? Well, you see, the thing was, Jesus says, they don't know it's Jesus yet. He's this man. Just get hold of that. This man. This twit. This bloke. 
what do you think you think you're doing telling us that we're fishermen and you're telling us to throw your net on the right side now this is profound if you're taking notes the right side is the right side <laughs> she's gonna do me afterwards the right side the right side is where the fish are boom the right side but it's more than that because you see you can initiate you can go fishing you can do i am i am i'm going fishing i'm going fishing i'm going to do this i'm going to do this i'm going to do this but you see there is another little hidden meaning in that right side it's not the initiating it's the receiving it's actually a feminine word it's to receive so when Jesus asks us to pray and initiate, he says, whatsoever things you ask for in prayer, believing that you receive them, you will have them. Well, I can do a lot of praying, and I can do a lot of faithing, and I can do a lot of whoa, 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 but I'm not so good at receiving. I'll tell you why, my head gets in the way. Hmm? Believe that you receive it. So the left, the right side is not only have I gone fishing, but I can receive the fish, which are already there. Let down your nets for a catch. So Jesus, the faith man, this man, is going, let down your nets for a catch. That job, those finances, those circumstances, that solution that you're looking for, it's there. But I've got to receive it first. And here's the answer, I trust it helps you anyway. When you have to go that, go back to Luke chapter 5, deep lesson in fishing, launch out into the deep. So sometimes, which is true about the flat, I got so far but I didn't go deep enough. Because after I did it and then didn't know the answer, I said to Katie, I don't really understand that. She said, well, I wasn't sure about that flat anyway. <laughs> oh, cheers. And two people said to me, well, we weren't sure about it. See, I didn't go deep enough. I thought with all the signs and all the evidence and God talking to me and men knocking on my door to ready to buy my house and an estate agent said, I'll sell it to you for, you know, I'll take 500 quid just for coming out for the day. Uh, I thought, Great but I didn't go deep enough. And so sometimes when we have caught nothing, we stop there and we don't go deep enough and say, but what is happening here? What's going on here? What's taking place here? You see, somebody said it to me last night. There is a lesson. It says this, deep calls to deep. Hmm? Now, Adam said it was interesting. He was, I was watching him in worship. Sorry, but I do that sort of thing. So, you see... I don't know about you, but if you go, you, tell, you can tell a lot of charismatics because they have this little frown. <laughs> I feel God speaking. Oh, you're not feeling, you're up here. Anyone have that problem? You go, let's, let's just quiet ourselves in the presence of the Lord. And you go, I think I left the gas on. <laughs> And then you <laughs> try harder. 
But that's not where it is. Adam was worshipping. He's going like this. See? And, and even in terms of our, you know, the King James, sorry, the Bible, you know, it says, you know, you believe in the heart. Okay? So you can have a lot. I can do a lot of that. It's heart. It's lovely. It's my heart. But Jesus didn't say heart. He said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, because out of his belly, sorry if you've got one, shouldn't have so many pints. Out of his belly. And when Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus, as the resurrection of life, and he is the I am, and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, you'll find these words. Groaning inwardly within him. In his guts is the Greek word. It's in his belly he's going, oh. He's reached deep, deep down. And very often in terms of our worship, and I'm not criticising, it was lovely this morning, I'm not criticising, I am saying we're going to have to be people of the spirit and we're going to have to go deeper because deep calls to deep. Huh? You with me? Deep calls to deep. And when they do that, they've caught the fish and they've got the end result in a blinding flash of revelation. John says, ha oh, ha, that's the Lord. <laughs> there he is, that's the Lord. That man is the Lord. And Peter, imagine this, Peter Hear me, if you followed me, if I've caught your attention for long enough, puts on his destiny. Because the Greek word is he puts on his fisherman's coat. Because he was naked. See, when you've gone through circumstances and situations, you sometimes feel naked. When you're carrying disappointment, you feel naked. But it, and you can't get into your destiny. But when Jesus has revealed himself, you put on your fisherman's coat. And it says this, which is a stupid thing to do. He dived into the water with all the enthusiasm. It's the Lord. And I'm a fisherman. And I'm going to see Luke 5. And I'm going to see those prophecies transform me. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Boom. And they ca- carry 153 f- fish, which if you want to know, just because I want to show I'm really clever and I study my Bible, 150 is the number of completion. There were 153,000 workers in the temp- Solomon's temple. And there's lots of speculation that Pythagoras got it right and all those, it's all these different words. Some say it's just the total number of fish. Whatever that one figure is, it's all of a sudden he's caught the fish. It's the Lord. And they pull in all these fish and the net wasn't broken. They've gone down into the deep. They've gone down deep within themselves, faced their issues, faced their dark side, faced their disappointments, faced it, pulled it up, fish. And then listen to these words. The man says to them, and this is, this is got, you know, I've probably said this before, but it still appeals to me. They get to the shore, and Jesus says, uh, bring me some of the fish that you have caught. But already there's a barbecue. Because Jesus has already cooked them a barbecue. 
and there's fish and bread. Where did Jesus get that from? I want to know. Did he have a Zippo lighter? And, <laughs> and did he just go, I'm going to catch some fish? Or did he just go, fish on the barbie? <laughs> In. <laughs> Whatever. It's cooking. God spoken to anybody this morning about disappointments? Anyone? Just put your hand up. So if, if not, I'm at, I've wasted my time. Anyone spoken? Challenged? Listen. Listen to me. Jesus then says to them, come and have break fast. Break the fast of disappointment. Break the fast of history. Break the fast. Experience a new beginning. Let me quote this to you. It's by a restaurant owner, foodie. Breakfast is everything, it is the beginning. It is the first thing. It is the commitment to a new day and a continuing life. How about that? So I asked, as you're, it's the, is it the first Sunday, third Sunday, second Sunday of the month as we do it, whatever. And they happened to say, they happened to say, we were breaking bread. I said, hey, imagine Jesus saying to you this morning, hey, come here. New mercies this morning. It's a new day. New things happening. New beginnings. Start of something fresh. Yeah, yeah, there was a time when you caught nothing. It was time when it was dark. It was difficult. Maybe that's still it. But this is a new beginning. This is a new day. It's the start, the first thing. It is the commitment of a new day and a continuing life. Come. Come and have breakfast. Break that fast of unanswered prayer. Break that fast of disappointment. Break that fast of, oh, it never happens for me. Break that fast. That's not working. Break the fast. Huh? You with me? So, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, you say, well, it's just Derek. No, it might be Jesus. Jesus is saying to his one, hey, come here. Come and have breakfast. Come and have breakfast. Those finances, come and have breakfast. It's a new day. Come on, in terms of those finances, in terms of that situation, in terms of that physical condition that you've been fighting and trying to deal with, come and have breakfast. In terms of that prayer that seems to be an answer, just come and have breakfast. Break that fast and start a new day. So, companion with bread. There you go. There you go. We are companions with bread. And I'd like to share bread with you. I don't want us to do it religiously. I don't want us to do a nip and a sip. I don't want us to do what we might normally do. 
I want Jesus, the living bread, to minister to you in such a way that you can say, it's a new day, it's a new beginning, it's the commencement of a new life. And I am knowing what my destiny is. And I'm going to put on my fisherman's coat and I'm going to dive into the deep and I'm going for it. So can we share bread that way? Okay, well, just dive in. Just, just come, whatever, and we'll see what Jesus will do.